This program is a proud member of Univaz. Unified, unique, voices. Learn more at univazpods.net. Happy anniversary. Oh, wait, no, that's not right. Hey, Patrick. Hey, Patrick. It is your favorite pod faders, Allison. And Brian. Formerly of Not Make Friends. We wanted to call and wish you a very, very happy birthday. Allison's not sure how good this birthday is. She says there's not enough pics. Agreed. Now, just make sure that you have another past host. Um, after us be a little more lame than we are so that we look super cool in comparison. We could really use the help. Oh, yeah. All right. Happy, happy birthday, Patrick. Happy birthday, Patrick. All right. Now put some podcasts on the air, man. This glorious Easter tide. Wait, no, it's not right either. Hey, Patrick. Michael Howe here, your friend from Hamilton, Ontario, wishing you the very best of birthdays. And I can't wait to spend some time hearing you scream. Wait, no. I can't wait to hear you scream. That's all I got. Sorry. Weird. Happy birthday. Happy Arbor Day. Ooh, happy Arbor. No, 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 no. Hey, Patrick, it's Trey. I was just calling to wish you a happy birthday to an old friend. An old, old, old friend. I think your birthday party's going to be a lot like Sally's was in Demons 2. Sally's in her room with a party. Everyone's there, and she's locked herself in her bedroom, and she's throwing a lot of drama and refuses to come out. Then she gets herself to this by a demon, comes out, they all sing happy birthday to her with a cake in front of them, and she slaughters them all. I think that's what your birthday is going to be like, except you'll be wearing a beautiful tiara. So happy birthday, Patrick. I hope it's the best one you've ever had. I hope it's full of fun, and I hope it has a really nice tiara in it. Happy birthday, man. I love you. Bye. Have yourself a merry little Christmas. Oh, God damn it. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, Mr. Patrick Walsh. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Patrick, from the hosts of Killing Your Darling, Kristen and Dan. Dan and Kristen. <laughs> we love you. Happy birthday to our fairy podfather. Happy birthday. <laughs> Bye-bye. Happy birthday, dear Patrick, because Doug loves you. You know Doug loves you. Say it again. Happy birthday, Patrick. I can't hear you. Happy birthday, Patrick. Yeah. 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 Birthday. Now that everyone's 
my name's Patrick, and I'm a Scream Queen. I'm a Scream Queen. And so are you! of Scream Queens, the podcast where horror gets gay. This is episode 220, and if you haven't figured it out by now, it's my birthday episode. Hup, hup, it's my birthday. Hup, hup, it's my birthday. Thank you to everybody who called in in the opening segment. There's a ton more calls coming in the voicemail segment, but the most important thing we have to talk about is what the episode's going to be tonight. We are putting listener Steve Yacht up against the wall for recommending the movie Solo to me. And also, this entire birthday episode has been brought to you by patron listener Chris Schaffer, who is taking over the show and making me watch Shadow, colon, Dead Riot, starring Tony Todd, a movie at this point I know nothing about because I haven't watched it yet. So it's going to be fun and exciting, and we're going to have a party. We're going to have a party. But first, allow me to introduce myself. My name is Patrick Walsh, and for the next uh, hour and a half, two hours, I am going to be your guide to the weird and wonderful world of horror movies. But... You're going to have to see them through my very, very gay little eyes. What does that mean? I don't know. But you're going to find out. But first, let's get it out of the way. Dun, dun, smoochy, watch. What's going on with that cat? Well, not too much. She's been good. She's been quiet. She's adjusting to her new diet. Well, and her poop doesn't smell as bad either that. Or I'm getting just accustomed to it. I've grown accustomed to her poop. Gross. But everything's fine on Smoochie Watch. She's good. She's happy. Everything's fabulous. So, it's been a great birthday week so far. I want to thank everybody who came out to Marie's last night to help me celebrate, including... Previous guest of the show, Miss Alyssa Simon, who is fabulous and looked fabulous and got me very drunk. And also, hi, Tim Malloy. This bitch showed up to my birthday party. I haven't seen this bitch in 21 years. We used to do terrible Long Island theater together, and now we're back in touch, and I, I was moist. I was moist, and I spent a lot of time chewing on his tie. And just, just, just don't ask. Just don't ask. He was wearing this, like, 80s-style, like, knit tie that I haven't seen since I've worn them every day in Catholic school for four years. You know, I haven't seen them since 1988. For some reason, I just wanted to chew on his tie. So I did. You know, this is how people say hello after a long time apart. But previous to that, I went to... Oh, and also uh, Vinny Murano, who's a producer and a writer of theater here in New York City. He, we have been trying to get together since Christmas. He got me a Christmas present while he was in North Carolina, and we have been trying to meet up ever since. You know, and things keep happening, like events, because you know theater people are always hard to schedule. And then I got staff, and then he got staff, and it finally happened last night. So it was great to get a birthday present and Christmas wrapping. But yeah, he got me a classic episode of Cracked Magazines from 1979, uh, 1969 rather, all dedicated to monsters. And he got me some DVDs of Bella. Ghosty movies that I've ever seen, and also Incubus, starring 
William Shatner, which apparently is entirely shot in Esperanto because that language is going to take off any day now. Personally, I thought it was something that you get at Starbucks. You know, I'll have a grande Esperanto, no phone, whatever. You know, what do I know? What do I know? But the thing is, I got cheap matinee tickets the same day to go see Children of a Lesser God. What the hell? I knew Joshua Jackson was in it, you know, from uh, Dawson's Creek. Yeah. And But I didn't know that Anthony Edwards was in it. So I spent a long time, every time he came on stage, I had to like repress my urge to scream, nerd, because that's how I roll. This show was absolutely terrible. I can't believe how bad this production was. It was like a community theater level production of a normally brilliant show. And the thing is, I had trouble hearing them. They weren't projecting. And for a while, I was thinking, well, it is about a deaf girl and trying to live life inside her head. Are they like doing a sound thing to like immerse me into the world of what it's being a hearing impaired person? Because that's kind of brilliant. No, okay, you just can't act. All right. And the thing is that I wish somebody had warned me. But actually, no, I was warned. I was warned that Joshua Jackson got his butt out at some point. So I was prepared. For that, however, he must have had a little bit of a wardrobe malfunction because when he moved his girlfriend, his peepee flipped out the front. So I got to see Joshua Jackson's Johnson. I saw little Percy, and it affected me kind of the same way as when I saw Johnny Galecki naked that time. Like you don't recover from seeing Johnny Galecki's penis, and you know when you're prepared to see you know Joshua Jackson's you know butt. And then you wind up getting his willy. That was a shock. You know, I mean, I'm getting old. I can't stand shocks like that. I could have died on the spot. And I hope now when I see Joshua Jackson and other things that I don't immediately bust into hives like I do with Johnny Galecki just because I saw Johnny Galecki's penis. Because that really is something that you, you, I have pee. I have Johnny Galecki penis traumatic stress disorder. After that. I have PPSD. Johnny Galecki PPSD. That's what I have because of that. But it was a great day and it was fun. And then my actual birthday was Tuesday. And of course, as many of you know, I share that with Mr. Brad because, as I said when we were a couple, we're just that adorable. So we went to dinner. We had a very nice time. And he wanted to go see Hello, Dolly. With Bernadette Peters. So we did that. And I kind of didn't want to go because it's an older show, but it's farty. But it was fabulous. And the reason I'm talking about this is because the same thing that happened when I went to see Once on this Island happened again. I spent most of Act 1 crying because I was seeing ghosts again. The music was bringing me back to when I bartended at a piano bar on Long Island in the 90s. And all these long dead queens who used to get up and sing these songs were coming back and saying hello. And most of them I haven't thought about in a gazillion years. And it hurt. But at the same time, I was thinking, what a gift. What a gift to have all of you back for the night. And I hear you guys. I hear you guys. And I miss you all very much. Even though, even though I haven't thought about you, you were right there with me like it was yesterday. And I guess that's another thing about getting old. You know, when all these people that you know are... When the number of people that you know who are dead just starts getting bigger and bigger, eventually I guess this sort of thing just happens. But, you know, it was it was nice. And it was cool. And one of the people who came back is someone who I have literally 
not thought about in ages. And that is Karen Carpenter. No, not the actual Karen Carpenter. There was a guy who used to come into the bar who would only be addressed as Karen Carpenter because he was convinced that when Karen Carpenter died that her soul moved into his body and is taking up residence there and Karen Carpenter is continuing to sing through him so whenever he got up to sing he would sing Karen Carpenter songs horribly and he was kind of a joke and he was kind of you know just a curious character you know if I saw him in a movie I wouldn't believe it but this is a real thing, and it wasn't until he died that I found out his real name, and his real name was Glenn Malty. And this whole thing came back to me that when he died, he wanted his tombstone to say Karen Carpenter. That is how deeply he believed that this had happened to him, but his family ignored it. So when I saw his tombstone for the first time was when I learned his name. I said, oh, I just never thought of him as anything but Karen Carpenter. And at the time, you know, being a sassy 20-something-year-old, you're just like, man, whatever, man. But who's to say? Who's to say that Karen Carpenter did not move into the body of Glenn Malty and live there? Maybe she wanted to sing badly from now on. Hey, whatever. He was a harmless person and a sweet guy. And I miss you, Glenn. I didn't appreciate you at the time, but I do now. I hope it's not too late. Anyway, wherever you are, sing on, Karen. Sing on. One more thing I want to add before we wrap up this section of the program is that I got Mr. Brat a birthday present, and I want to share it with you because I think this company did amazing work. I heard about this from Brian Polk, as in Allison and Brian, who have guested on the show a gazillion times, and he got this for Allison for her birthday, and it's socks. Uh-huh, I got Mr. Brad socks for his birthday, but you can get socks with your cat's face on them. And so the, 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 it took forever to arrive. It didn't show up until the birthday. And I ordered them months ago, and, and and so I just literally threw it in a in a wrap package, you know, in the envelope. And I said I don't want to open it because I don't know how wrapped they are. So the first time Brad was seeing them was the first time I was seeing them, and they came out so well. They're so adorable. He's got his little socks on now with Mr. Sebastian's face all over them, and he was so happy. And 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 I was so pleased with the product that I had to come home immediately and order a pair of smoochy socks for myself because I'm that gay cat daddy. I have to have them! And I highly recommend the company. They did brilliant work. If you Google Pup Socks, P-U-P-S-O-C-K-S, you will find them. You can get you know ones with your dog on or with your ex on. You can do pretty much anything at this company. But it's got several names, but Pup Socks will take you to the place where you can get your cat, daddy, or mommy, or whatever socks you want. And I thought they were fabulous, and I think you'll think they're fabulous. And if you don't, fuck you! How dare you criticize my pussy socks? You're just jealous. That's what you are. Just jealous. I don't think I have much else to say at this point. And if I do, I'll just edit back in later because it's my goddamn show. So let's get rolling. Mr. Yacht, I need you to take your position 
against the wall. Because it is time to bring on the firing squad. And while they're assembling and polishing up their weapons, let's take a listen to the trailer for Solo. I think it could be a good time. It's the rumor about camp, anyway. Still one uh, new counselor joining us this summer. Everybody, this is Jillian. Hi. Tomorrow morning, I'll take you out onto the island for your solo. Two nights camping by yourself on our island. question. Hold up. This will do. Just stick to your camp. You'll do fine. new to the show and are wondering what all this firing squad nonsense is about, let me explain something to you. I am on the cutting edge of the horror industry. I've seen everything. I know what's coming. And I know everything about everything. Except that's totally not true. There are things outside of my wheelhouse, things that might, you know, just slip by me if nobody calls attention to me. So I openly welcome listeners to call in with a recommendation for a movie that I might not have otherwise paid any attention to. And Steve Yacht was kind enough to write in repeatedly about this movie solo. But the thing is, there's a price. Because, you know, hi, I'm a super successful podcaster. My time is extremely limited. So if you send me a movie, and I love it, you are going to be showered with gifts and cookies and my undying love and affection, which most of you already have anyway. Joe, I'm looking at you. You need to step up your game. Get on it, Joe. But most of you, I love undyingly. However, if I take the time out of my busy, busy schedule... To watch a movie that turns out to be a huge stinking turd, there will be punishment. There will be public humiliation. And there will be the firing squad. 
So if you're brave enough to put yourself up against the wall, if you think I'm really going to love a movie, by all means, write in. But no, you run the risk of being mocked in a public forum. <laughs> Is Steve going to get mocked? I'm not telling you yet. It's not that time. So Solo is a movie, and it stars Harrison Ford as an unfortunate camp counselor who has to spend the night at... Oh, I'm sorry. Wrong Solo movie. Okay, here's the thing. When Steve first wrote in about this ages ago, it was on Shudder, the streaming movie service. And it was the reason I first subscribed to Shudder. I'm sorry, it's street cleaning day outside my apartment, so we're getting some noise from that. There's nothing I can do about it, so all that hissing and grinding is not my birthday sex toy. No, it's the street cleaner. I said it's the street cleaner. It's the street cleaner. Pay no attention to my birthday sex toy. Where was I? So I go and I subscribe to Shutter. I take the time out of my schedule to like hunt down how to do all this. I pay them cash money to watch this movie that Steve Yacht has recommended glowingly only to find out it ain't there it ain't there anymore evidently i got the wrong version of shutter or there's different you know markets for different areas whatever it wasn't there on top of that there's about 17 movies called solo not counting the star wars one that's about to come out i started watching several movies called solo over this time and realized this cannot be the movie. And if it is, Steve's in a shitload of trouble. And I would look it up every now and then to see if it's streaming anywhere. I'm like, oh, it's on Amazon. Great. Rental for the day, $14.99. Fuck you, Steve Yacht. No, I love you, but not that much. No, sir, not $14.99 month. No, 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 no. But finally, finally, last month, Solo became available on Amazon Prime, and Steve was so delighted he wrote in right away. Let us now take a little time to review the reasons that Steve gave me for why I should watch this movie. He said, he, he said, that, you know, he said, oh, he said, I want to re uh, recommend this for the podcast. It's on Shutter. Lies, lies. It's got some problems, but overall, I think it's worth 83 minutes of your time. Spoiler-free notes. Pay attention, kids, because this is a checklist I will be referring to later on. But will I do it with praise or punishment? Who knows? We'll find out. Great scenery. Responsible acting. Characters make lots of stupid decisions. A few good moments of genuine suspense. The bad guy is suitably creepy, but gets very close to going from being creepy to goofy by the end. The heroine has a backstory that I couldn't care less about and could easily have been left out. People really enjoy smoking, almost to the point of silliness. I wondered if one actor in particular had never smoked before because he over-accentuated every drag like he was in a Marlboro commercial. The actor playing the camp owner is a poor man's Timothy Oliphant. Good fight scenes at the end. I kept wandering. I'm sorry, I kept wondering if it was going into April Fool's Day territory, and I'm not saying one way or the other. And finally, Marty has great hair. Okay. Okay. We got your notes, Steve. And we will be reviewing them. In front of the firing squad. So, Solo is the story of a young woman named Jillian. And Jillian has got a past. Jillian has got secrets. She's got a tortured past. 
What exactly? We don't know about right away. No, no, no. But we do know that she's under psychiatric care, that she has self-harmed in the past. Like Smoochie? Not like Smoochie. She couldn't do it as cool and sexy as Smoochie harms herself. Not that that's cool or sexy. Forget it. Forget I said it. Forget it. No, no, back to the story. Okay, so yeah. But against the advice of her, I guess, psychiatrist, she got a job for the summer through a friend of hers at a summer camp as a counselor. Yay! Horror movies at summer camp. One of my favorite things. Patrick's on board. Will it last? Who knows? Now, one of the requirements for her to become a full-fledged camp counselor at Camp Kaya is that she has to spend a solo night camping. Actually, two nights. She has to have a solo camping trip on this island. There's an island nearby the camp that the camp owns. Completely wild. And she has to spend two nights out there by herself. Sure, no problem. She's never gone camping before. What could possibly go wrong? Well, should be fine. I mean, like I said, there's nobody out there. Even though the camp did recently have to sell the island to a developer because they're running out of money. So right after she finishes this, they're going to start, you know, tearing shit down and building stuff up. So, I mean, there, there might be some creepy developer people hanging around, maybe. And also there's the ghosts. Yeah, it seems 30 years ago, the camp had an overnight trip out there you know, with some counselors and a bunch of kids. And one of the girls, the little girls, disappeared without a trace, never to be found again. And it's said that the ghost of Janie still haunts the island. You know, that's just a story, right? Of course, right. Steve... I think it's time. You're up against the wall. That's very nice. Now get into position. No, not that position. No, try again. Mm, Getting there. Yes, that's the position I like my guests to be in when they recommend a movie to me. Steve Yacht. For the month's of waiting to find this goddamn movie for all the trouble that you put me through, that when I finally find it and put 83 minutes in, my final verdict is... You're right, I kind of liked it. It's not bad at all. I know, I know, you're all disappointed. Everybody loves a public humiliation, but it's just not happening here. No, this is not really... A horror horror movie. This feels like it could have come from a Christopher Pike sort of young adult novel thing. And that's not a bad thing because it is well done for what it is. The acting is perfectly fine. I actually quite liked Jillian for several reasons. One of the reasons I liked her is because she's an actual girl. Yes, sure, she's pretty, but she's pretty in a real way. She's not some, you know... CW, you know, glamorized Hollywood gal acting, you know, somehow camping for two days and never getting dirty. No, 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 no. She, she, she's, she's perfectly likable. I like the fact 
that she's got a dark past hovering over things. It's adding more questions as to what's going to happen to her on this island and also if it's real. You know, I don't know how mentally unbalanced this girl really is. We learn as things go on. And that works. And and she for the most part the movie is just her out on this island by herself. And to be able to support a movie by yourself and keep it interesting when all you're doing is exploring an island is not an easy feat, and she does a credible job. So good for you, Jillian. And, okay, let's let's take a look at this checklist, shall we? Anyway, let me just go back a bit. Let's just go back to the story. She goes out there, and the thing is weird shit starts happening. Like she finds a creepy doll, because you can't have a horror movie without a creepy doll. And she's like, oh, my God, what if it's the little girl's doll? And then she starts to get the feeling that there's somebody else out there with her who's not supposed to be there. And she's right. She's right. There is somebody else out there. And I don't really want to spoil this too much. Yeah, it's not going to change your life as a horror viewer, but if you have someone in your circle of loved ones who that you would love to watch scary movies with, who can't handle scary movies, this is actually a decent gateway for them because there's, there's, there's no... Uh, real gore or, or violence. There's a little bit. It's sparingly used and used effectively, but it's not an excess of stuff. It's more about suspense and mystery than it is horror, and there's nothing wrong with that. And it's a perfectly decent, respectable Canadian movie. And there's only one oot in there. There's a get oot. Oh, come oot. Come oot. I can see you. Come oot. And those always make me so happy. Don't hide your Canadian. Don't ha- don't hide your Canada data. See your Just let it fly free. Let your a boots oot. And I was perfectly happy at the end of the movie. It's a little even at 83 minutes. It does kind of run out of steam a bit, and the final sequences do make it really clear that this was geared for a younger audience. It, it, it just gets a little Nancy Drewish and a little silly with the amount of times that she comes up against the bad guy and he does not dispatch her like any good bad guy would have done in this situation. But I get it. It's a different kind of story for a different kind of audience and I respect that. Let's take a look at Steve's checklist, shall we? Okay. Doopy-doopy-doo, pulling it up, pulling it up. Okay, let's review. Note one, great scenery. Absolutely. It's great scenery and it's well shot. This island is gorgeous. This lake is gorgeous. I wanted to go there. And given how much I don't like actual camping, I like camping, you know, in, you know, you know, where you've got, you know, I like camping when it's in a hotel is what I'm basically saying. So the fact that I wanted to go and spend the night on this island is cool. Respectable acting. We've covered that. Characters make lots of stupid decisions. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. And the thing is that they they do make stupid decisions, and I excuse them because it's a 17-year-old girl in an environment she she doesn't know about. I excuse the lot of that. A few moments of genuine suspense. Absolutely. Absolutely. There were parts where I was on the edge of my chair waiting to find out what's going to happen. The bad guy is suitably creepy but gets close to being going from creepy to goofy at the end. Yes, this is absolutely... Absolutely true. And, you know, when he first shows up, he's quite likable, even though he's a threat. Okay, 
he, I'm not spoiling anything because most of this is obvious, is that you know she's out there on the island and some guy just shows up, some random guy with his dog, and he's saying, I heard somebody calling for help. What, is it you? what do you need? And she's like, that wasn't me. But he's totally nice to her. But just the fact that you have this 50-year-old man on an island alone with a vulnerable 17-year-old girl with nobody around for miles, just his presence alone is threatening. Even though his dog is awesome. But even then, I'm like, he's got dogs. Someone going to get ripped apart by a dog at this point? I don't know. I don't know where any of this is going. And I like that. For most of the movie, I didn't know where it was going because it could have taken any number of tacks. It could have gone the route with, you know, sleazy developers, you know, who were, you know, show up at the island early who might want to torture a young girl out there by herself or do bad things to her. They could have gone around and around. They could have gone with the ghost route. They could have gone with a mystery about the, 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 the missing girl. They could have gone with this was all just a hoax that the other counselors were playing on her. And I'm not telling you what they did. Because it's the discovery in this movie that makes it work. And yeah, he does get really goofy at the end. Like when this 50-year-old man squeezes into a Camp Kaya you know, counselor outfit that's like eight sizes too small for him. I get what he's doing. But no. Oh, girl. Oh, honey. I mean, the, the, the roles. I mean, they were I, – oh, God. And you know, it was so tight that the roles became solidified. Oh, no. Girl, no. No, no, no. But even though he was goofy, he was still pretty threatening. And I like that. Okay, moving on. Heroin has a backstory that I couldn't care less about and could have easily been left out. Okay, I said before that I liked the fact that she had a mysterious past that was going to be slowly revealed. And that she is – I hesitate to say damaged. She's been through something that is going to make her behavior on this island – a bit more unpredictable than it would be for your any other character. I'll say that much. I liked that. I liked having that mystery about our main girl. But when it's finally revealed what's going on with her, I was like, eh, that's not so bad. I mean, it's bad, but I'm like, eh, you could have done a lot more with this. You could have added a lot more edge with this and the way they resolve that whole thing is kind of lame but perfectly fine in this kind of a movie which is geared for a younger audience that they didn't go the super intense level that they kept things at a softer level yeah it could have been I w- I, I, I'm not going to say I, that I would agree that it should have been left out I would have liked it to be handled a little differently let's go with that people really enjoy smoking almost to the point of silliness I wondered if one actor in particular had never spoke before, smoked before because he over-accentuated every drag like he was in a Marlboro commercial. Yeah, there is a lot of smoking in this movie, which, which will automatically get you a PG-13. I was wondering, I'm like, is this why this movie's PG-13? Because there's no language, there's no nudity, there's nothing, and just lots of people smoking, smoking, smoking. There's lots of smoking, and you're absolutely right. That guy, Marty don't know how to smoke, and yet the character's constantly smoking, and it's ridiculous. And even though I'd forgotten that note, in lieu of a later note on this list, Marty was driving me nuts with the cigarettes. But we're going to come back to Marty, Steve. Yeah. Uh, Actor playing the camp owner is a poor man's Timothy Olyphant. Yep, yes, he did. And he also had great hair. So, uh, you know, since Marty was his son, I'm like, I guess great hair runs in the family. 
And I'm not going to say he's the poor man, Timothy Oliphant. I'm going to say he's the Canadian, Timothy Oliphant. Okay. Good fight scenes at the end. Absolutely. I was very impressed with the fight choreography. It it really stepped up. Even though it seems to be geared for a younger audience, they did not shirk on very well-choreographed and well-executed hand-to-hand combat stuff. And I was impressed. Kept wondering if it was going into April Fool's Day territory, not saying one way or the other. I kept wondering that too. And I, I believe I had to stop the movie at one point and send Steve a message. And I said, if this is all a hoax that the other camp counselors are playing on her, I am going to kick your ass. And I am also not going to reveal if this is a hoax or not. But I will say, even though you escaped the firing squad, Steve, any punishment that you might get on whether or not this was a hoax is going to happen off the air, in private. Just you and me, baby. Just you and me. And maybe it's not a punishment. Maybe it's its own reward. We'll find out. And of course, the most important note here is that Marty has great hair. Marty is another counselor at the camp. He is the son of the camp uh, the camp owner. And I believe he was cast in the movie simply because of his hair. Because his screen presence doesn't have any presence except for his hair and his ability to smoke. This guy is a flatline on celluloid. Granted, the character is supposed to be a little off and a little weird, but he's so flat. With all of his dialogue, with this insane mane of floppy hair. Then I said, I guess you're compensating for the fact that he can't act by featuring this hair. I mean, Marty is a zero. A zero. Unconvincing, even when he's unconscious. Possibly. He might be unconscious. It might be a hoax. I'm not saying. He's unconvincing. If you can't bel- if you can't convince me that you're unconscious, we've got problems. And I think it was his hair's innate ability to just like try to find the light. Like his hair was trying to move and maybe that was making me think that he was not really unconscious. And, and even when he's wounded and bloody, the hair still looks fabulous. So these people who made the movie know that we cast a dud and all he's got is his hair. So we're going to feature that hair, baby. Maybe there'll be a sequel movie just about Marty's hair. I don't know. My voice is really high right now. And I'm watching myself spike. I make, I'm, I'm spiking so hard on this recording, and I apologize, but I'm sorry. That's what happens when you're dealing with hair like this. Girl! So, if you're on Amazon Prime, and you have an hour and a half, and you have absolutely nothing to watch... Your day will not be ruined by Solo. You will have an absolutely respectable time if you go in knowing what you're in for. That is not a horror horror movie, something that's more mystery and suspense, and perhaps geared for, you know, your 13-year-old, 14-year-old viewer. Because even though it's geared for that, it pushes the envelope on that. It's like, how far can we take this? Before we get an R rating and have to go to a different audience. Like, if you are pushing the envelopes of your PG-13, you will always get my respect. And this movie does that. And so thank you, Steve, for recommending 
Solo. I love you forever for it. The firing squad hates you because, man, they got all dressed up for this. Because, you know, I made them wear their special birthday uniforms for this, which means nude. So they were really ready to go, if you know what I mean, nude. And, you know, their weapons, you know, they were all cocked and drippy. And, you know, now, they're, now I'm going to have to deal with them. Okay, I am going to have to make sure that all these guys feel better so they don't quit on me. You know, you don't want the firing squad to quit on me. They do a great job. You guys are great. Great. Yeah, they're not talking to me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. But Steve recommended a perfectly decent movie. So thank you, Steve. That's awesome. And if you want to be like Steve and put yourself up against the wall, have no fear. Have no fear. I Get your calls in to the voicemail line. Write me at crew at screamqueens.com. Send me a message on Facebook. I love it. It makes my job easier. Because sometimes finding movies is really, really hard. And, you know, especially with these algorithms that you get on Netflix and, and, and the other streaming sites, you know, they don't tell you everything that's out there. They just tell you what they think you want to see. So I'm caught in a – I always know that I'm caught in a movie loop. And that by recommending a movie, you might break the cycle and introduce a whole new factor to the algorithm. And that would be super cool because the more I see, the more you get, baby. Yeah. Yeah, so – that's solo. Let's move on to the next portion of the program. Where? Brought to you by Patreon. Superstar Chris Schaffer. Began 
Now it's just us. <laughs> You're stronger. Okay, so Shadow Dead Riot is the movie that was suggested by our producer du jour, Chris Schaffer, who is, of course, a Patreon superstar, and so he gets a super special privilege. Now, I was excited because he gave me this title that I never heard of before. Also, Chris, I have to thank you for letting me know in advance that this was kind of going to be a shit show. So now I feel a hell of a lot better going where I need to go with this movie. Okay, Shadow Dead Riot stars Tony Todd, but it's really the story of Michelle Obama. Because Michelle Obama gets put into prison, see? And the prison is run by Elise Keating. You know, Meredith Baxter Bernie from Family Ties. You know, the mom from Family Ties. And anyway, okay, no, that's not exactly true. But the thing is, the main gal in this looks enough like Michelle Obama that's Really all I could think about the whole movie. And then the, 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 the prince warden looks like Elise Keating, and I just expected her to bake brownies and turn into a lesbian later because that's what Meredith Baxter Barney did all the time. But that's neither here nor there. Okay, in this film, Tony Todd is a convicted serial killer, and his thing was preying on expectant mothers. Yes, mother's blood held power, and he would drain them of their blood and drink that, drink it, thinking it was going to give him immortality. Muhuha, muhuha. But you see, he's in prison now, okay? And he's also on death row. Dead shadow walking. But apparently there was something to all his moo, voodoo, hoodoo, mumbo, jumbo, because when it's time for his lethal injection, he explodes. Yeah, I didn't know that's how that worked. But apparently, yeah, he just blew up. And then his blood splattered all over the prison and flowed throughout the prison and flowed into other prisoners' cells and somehow possessed them. And suddenly, there was an undead, possessed zombie riot in the prison, and it was so scandalous, the place had to be shut down. They just took all the bodies, they threw them in the yard, they covered them up and decided, you know what, let's move out and make it a women's prison now. Let's have the women clean it up. Men. Patriarchy. Puh. Before we go any further, let me preface... This by saying it is now 1 o'clock in the morning, and I had to have some booze to get through this movie. Okay, Chris, you know I love you, but I had to get this movie through YouTube. No problem, I had to pay for it on YouTube, but the sound on it was terrible, and I tried it on several different devices, and I guess it's the movie. I, I'm not sure if because it's a prison and, you know, stone walls, they were adding this reverb effect, but it just made the dialogue very hard to understand, particularly Tony Todd. He's got that deep voice and he's got a little bit of gravel in it anyway, so it can be hard to understand on a good day, no matter how sexy it is. But there were times I was just like, oh, no, I don't know what's going on. Well, I'm just going to pressure through and hope the visual images are going to get me through this story. And, oh, boy. Do they? Because this movie is bananas. But what does Michelle Obama have to do with it? Well, I'll tell you. There is a new prisoner in the new women's prison called Solitaire. That's not the name of the prison. That's the name of the girl. That she goes by Solitaire. Yeah. And it's your standard women's prison movie. Everyone's really kind of sleazy. I don't think anybody there owns a top. Or if they do, they don't wear it for very long. It's one of those kind of movies. 
And I was watching the movie going, this is the movie I should have watched with Allison Nowacki. But, you know, oh well, her loss, her loss. But what I found out when the credits were rolling, it was written by Michael Gringold, uh, Gingold from Fangoria, who is a friend of mine, you know, through Rich at the Dark Side Horror Movie Meetup Group. So I was very excited. He does a lot of independent horror movies, and it's always fun to come across him either behind the scenes or occasionally on camera. So, oh, I have things to talk about with Michael the next time I see him. The thing that's fabulous about this prison is that it's pitch dark. It's an old, creaky building that the prisoners are being uh, told to help, you know, restore and repair dark and creepy and echoey except for in that group shower scene five minutes into the running time yep you get 20 kind of skanky naked girls fully frontal in the shower and all of a sudden it's bright light fluorescence no shadows anywhere you can't miss a thing that's exactly the kind of movie this is so if you know what you're in for you might enjoy it more and man there are some skanky skanky boobies in here skanky boobies because it's a women's in, women in prison movie which means you're going to get a lot of people acting really tough because they're prisoners and they have names like hot rod and 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 oh gosh i don't even remember any of the others but they all had crazy names like that and then when they become zombies later on we get to see everyone overact as zombies too but the thing that makes this really special is that there's a whole lot of karate because Michelle Obama, aside from bringing you know a whole new nutrition program to kids around the uh, around the country, she also is apparently a whiz bang karate artist. So all the fighting in this is very very you know uh, kung fu martial arts stuff, complete with the overdone sound effects like like just when arms are flailing in the air, not hitting anything, you're still getting. And usually the same sound effect over and over, which I was enjoying. Because as much as this movie is, you know, ridiculous, and I haven't even gotten to the main plot yet, the girl playing Solitaire or Michelle Obama, if you will, is actually quite charming. I liked her quite a lot, and I don't have her name in front of me. You know why? Because I'm horrible. I can't find it, but we're just going to keep moving on. She's actually pretty charming. She's got, she does what she does fairly well. She's got horrible dialogue, embarrassing dialogue. Thanks, Michael Gengold. But she delivers it with as much conviction as she can, and she maintains some grace and elegance. Oh, also in the cast is independent horror star, kind of, sort of, erotic movie star Misty Monday, although she's working under Aaron Brown here, I think is her other stage name, but she's lovely and she adds a touch of class to this as well until she gets eaten by the lawn, but we're not there yet. So Michelle Obama isn't in prison for very long before she's really making friends in that not making friends kind of way and that, that friends that want to stab you and, you know, shank you in the stairwell kind of way. Yeah, because there's a bully here. There's the, the I guess the head bitch, head bitch in charge, I guess you want to say, top dog, is Mondo. She's big, she's muscular, and she will kick your ass. But my thing is if you're going to name your character Mondo and they don't wind up sitting around a campfire farting a lot, I'm a little sad. At no point did Mondo fart, but that's not her fault. That's Michael Gingo's fault, right? Of course, right. Yeah, so she's getting into trouble and they put her into solitary for fighting with everybody. I'm talking about Michelle Obama right now. But while she's in there, she finds this mysterious figure carved into the into the stone on the floor. And she says, what is this? Let me put my hand all up on it. And she does. 
and she starts having visions of Shadow. Yeah, she doesn't know who he is, but wow, I'm seeing pregnant women getting carved up and Tony Todd in a terrifying Rasta wig. Okay, can we talk about Tony Todd's wig for just a moment? Tony Todd is big, beautiful, muscular black man, and they put him in this Rasta wig that is more raggedy Andy than Bob Marley. And it's kind of hilarious. And the whole thing is he's garnishing his power from these women at the prison through a, a series of completely, completely coincidental events to rise up again from the dead, rise up from the prison yard and bring his army back and take over the world. I guess that's basically what's happening. It's, it doesn't really matter because it's really all about showering and girls beating each other up if you like that sort of thing. And at this point, I kind of did. Anyway, where am I? All right, so the, the of course it's a women's prison, so it's filled with predatory lesbians, and you know they're my favorite. It's the guards, it's the other prisoners. Everybody's out to eat you out for cigarettes or gum or whatever the hell they do in prison. I don't know. I've never been, not yet. Anyway, hush you, hush you. But it turns out we start to learn that the reason that Michelle Obama has this connection to Shadow is that I think they imply that she's his daughter. Or at least he killed her mother. I was starting to get a little fuzzy towards the end. Thank you. Thank you, uh, Red's Wicked Ale. But, yeah, there's a connection, and that's why this is happening. And the thing is, this is the kind of prison where apparently there's the Forbidden Yard, which is a perfectly manicured lawn, which is forbidden because apparently if you walk on it, the ground eats you. You get sucked into the ground, I guess, Shadow and his army suck your blood or garnish your power or whatever. But the thing is, people get eaten by the ground, and immediately I'm back with Allison and Brian watching the scorn from 2005 going, Dinosaur ghosts! This lesbian prison's got dinosaur ghosts! But no, 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 it's just got waiting zombies in the lawn. And so it's the kind of place where people can get sucked into the lawn while they're trying to escape, and nobody really cares. They're like, eh, somebody's gone. Eh, somebody escaped. Eh, some people died. Let's just throw them in the yard. A guard died. Eh, we don't have to inform his family. That's fine. In the mix of this is uh, Michelle Obama's cellmate, who is pregnant. And we know this because her character's name is Preggers. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so we know that Shadow's favorite snack is the blood of a pregnant woman. I said, oh, shit, this is going to go down. And it does, because when that baby is being born, and the guards aren't paying attention. Michelle Obama karate kicks her way out of that cell and they run, run to find medical help, but they run across the forbidden yard. And Preggers can't run anymore, so Michelle Obama leaves her to get help. And while she's left alone, not only does she have the baby, Shadow reaches up, tries to take the baby, and tries to pull Preggers into the ground by her umbilical cords. <laughs> <laughs> And it's such a silly, bad effect that I kind of wanted there to be like a dang dong or a you rang kind of thing or ah uh, every time he pulled on the umbilical cords like it was attached to a, a truck horn or a gong in Downton Abbey because I'm weird that way. And this movie also made me think of frequent guest host Brian Norton. You'll remember him. He was on Happy Birthday to Me. He was here for Crowhaven Farm. And the thing we talk about a lot is bad baby props. It's usually dead baby props. But this baby, when it comes out, is so plasticky looking and deformed. I went, oh my God. 
Oh, no, because the thing is, later on, the baby is going to become possessed by Shadow, and we have a zombie baby running around, which is bananas, and is a whole other plot line that I am going to get into because it is amazing. But clearly they only made one prop, so this baby was kind of born hideous with the giant head, and like, oh, oh, no, oh, no. I said, you just let the ground take that one. You let the dinosaurs in the ground eat that baby Preggers. Your name's Preggers. You'll make another one. Of course, right. Where am I? I don't know. So, yes, yeah, so this is all building up. Prisoners are disappearing. But, oh, I forgot. There's the doctor. There's the prison doctor who, aside from sexually abusing everybody, is occasionally injecting everyone with – hold on. Cynthia the vet tech is calling on the phone. Sorry. That was insane. Anyway, the doctor has been injecting all the patients with Shadow's blood for some reason because he thinks it's going to make them into superhumans or something. Or I don't know. It's really not clear. He's just bad. He's a bad man. And – some of them it kills, some of them it makes crazy, and Michelle Obama, it turns into a superhero. And, and, and <sighs> this movie's bananas. So you have zombie patient, uh, inmates running around, you got topless girls getting their faces ripped off by zombies, you get a zombie baby biting off nipples and squirting breast milk everywhere. This movie is nuts. It is not what you call a classy art film at all, no. And if you know that going in, you might have a good time. It made me want to be watching it with other people and with a lot of booze. But at least I had the booze. You know, if you're having a party, it might be fun. Although, if you're getting it on YouTube, there's a sound problem. So I don't know, Crease. I don't know, Crease. I understand why you wanted me to watch it, I think. You wanted me to have... A movie to make Allison so jealous that she didn't see. There were a lot of tits in this movie. I was uncomfortable by the amount of tits. The amount of tits on screen at a certain point was more than the... I don't know. It was like they were busting out of the frame and it was scary. It was scary. And it was scary tits. Scary tits. No, all tits are beautiful. Well, except that girl in Slashers. And that's not the point right now. Okay, Chris, thank you very much for being the very first producer of Scream Queens, the podcast where Harry gets bent, the first guest producer... It's been a wild ride. I'm exhausted, so I'm going to go to bed and dream that Tony Todd doesn't come and visit me in a Rasta wig and a caftan, because he was wearing one of those, too, in this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Shadow. Dead Riot. Whoo, baby. Hey, Patrick. It's Jeff out in California. I wanted to give you a quick call here. Hi, Jeff. Uh, glad that you're over your bout with cellulitis. Uh, mostly over. Girl. Not entirely sure if it's gone yet 100%. It's but I'm glad gone. you're on the men. I glad won. you're kicking ass and taking names like you always do. Damn, skip it! Uh, glad you're getting the police thing worked out. Oh, girl, don't. No, it's no. The best <sighs> thing and all that. Uh, mm. I'm not going to touch too much on that because you've already talked about it a lot. Thank you. And, you know, that's not why I'm calling. I'm calling to oh. say that the last couple episodes I heard of yours have been great. The April Fool's Day episode was fucking fantastic. Thank you. And you have not missed a step despite being down with cellulitis. Yeah. I guess I could have said down with the sickness, but or OPP. I don't really want to quote disturbed. Yeah, you know me. But another reason for my call is uh, I have started my own podcast. Really? Yeah, I know. Weird, right? Uh, Skewer Universe, the first couple episodes are available. Uh, I think you can find it in iTunes. I know for sure it's on Google Play. Uh-huh. Uh, it's also on Podomatic. You can go there and search for it. It's available. Uh, you can go to the website, skeweredhead.com, 
and there's links to my blog and all sorts of contact info there. But uh, yeah, shameless plug on the Scream Queens podcast. Uh, you know, if you guys want to check it out, check it out. And Patrick, thank you for being uh, one of the inspirations for me to do this. You're very welcome. You're a big part of that. So Aww. thank you. And I'm going to keep listening to your show. You better. You better do. Okay, Mr. Jeffy, we need to have a little talk. First of all, thank you for calling in. Thank you for your well wishes. This has been a hellish year, as we all know, and it's not getting better, but we'll talk about that later. But it's hardly a shameless plug for your show when I told you to call it in. You see, Jeff was on Facebook crying and whining. He's like, I don't know how to get people to listen to my show. Where do I start advertising? And I said, well, you can call in and shamelessly plug yourself on a podcast that you call into all the time, perhaps? You know, one that's hosted by the father of your illegitimate demon child? But that's a whole other story that we're just not going into now, Jeff. We're not going into that now, okay? We're talking about your show. But the thing is, Jeff, Jeff, Rookie mistake. Yeah, you plugged the show. That's great. But you didn't tell us what it's about. What do you cover? Why should I be listening? I don't know. I mean, yes, to listen to your dulcet tones. And try not to think about all the uh, the, uh, the uh, child support payment checks that you're not paying for your illegitimate demon child that I bore inside my man womb. For, let's never talk about man wombs again. That was disgusting. But anyway, Jeffy. Jeffy. A plus for promoting yourself. That's great. F minus 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 for not telling us what it's about. I have no idea what it's about. It's the universe that's scared. Oh, well, it's a mystery. We'll have to tune in to find out. Thank you for calling in, Jeff. I love you. Uh, hello, Patrick. This is uh, Special Counsel Robert Mueller. I've been doing uh, some investigation. I'm a little bit busy right now, but want oh, to make uh, sure mm-hmm. to issue a very very happy birthday. Um, and when all this is done, I would definitely like to have sex with you. Love, Robert. <laughs> well, um, okay. Well, 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 wow. That is quite a birthday surprise, Special Agent Muller. Taking time out of a very busy and important schedule. You're doing very important things. And it takes time to, to, to not only celebrate my birthday, but um, elicit sex. With me and well, I, I'm I'm overwhelmed. I'm overwhelmed. Wow, today makes me proud to be an American, and I will absolutely have sex with you. Why? For America. That's why. Thank you for calling in, Agent Muller, and um, get those bad guys, and please never show us the P tape. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> Hey, Patrick, it's Tom DJ. Happy birthday to you, my hey. friend. Thank you. It's been, God, how many years have I been listening to you? I've been listening to you since you were definitely in the single digits back then, uh, but I'm, regardless. I'm still in the uh, I, I just wanted to also tell you that I loved hearing the Wicker Man episode. Yes. Wicker Man is one of my favorite films, period. Not yes. my favorite horror film. Yes. And you are right. I, every time I watch it, it changes subtly for me. I just, I just love that film so much, and I'm glad that um, we got Ron Hardy's final vision, like, or clo- as close to it as we're ever going to get. Yes. In that restored cut. Although, the thing that makes the cut the shit version not work is, of course, 
they also played around with the time. They moved some of the right. scenes around. So right, it we doesn't make any that. sense at all. But I still, when I started to cut the shit version, cut the shit further because I was watching it on WWOR. Ooh, Channel um, 9. It got me a hold on me and it never let me go to this day. So anyway, once again, happy birthday, my friend. Hey! I look forward to speaking to you. Look forward to to more episodes and look forward to more fun. Yay. Bye. Thanks, Tom. Okay, Tom, I'm a little confused because my show is still in the single digits, but I'm going to let that slide. It feels like I've been doing it forever, but in a good way, in a good way. But thank you for calling in with your birthday wishes. I can't imagine seeing the Wicker Man on Channel 9, WOR, because that really must have been ribbons. Although, I've been doing uh, the Nightmare Closet segment exclusively on Patreon right now, and... I've discovered that a lot of the things that I saw on Channel 9 and Channel 11 back in the day were pretty much uncut. Like, they'd cut the boobs but left everything out. So, I mean, you pretty could have seen quite a lot of that movie. I don't know. I don't know. But, yeah, it's a brilliant movie. And thank you for calling in, sir. I appreciate your uh, uh, your, your patronage. Is that the right word? Your listenerage? I got nothing. I got nothing. And, hey, if you folks don't remember Tom, Tom gets hosted on the gargoyles episode last summer and it was fabulous thank you for calling in tom you are fabulous yes yes and also yes hello patrick this is audra mcdonald um i'm a little bit busy <laughs> with my show right now but wanted to make sure uh-huh. to give you a call and wish you a very very happy birthday oh, uh, oh. lots of love and thanks for coming to the theater oh <laughs> I'm sorry. I don't mean to laugh, Mrs. McDonald. That is, that is. I'm just, I'm just. I'm, I, again, I'm overwhelmed. I, my goodness, a living legend of the Broadway stage is taking time out of her, out of her, you know, Tony laden life to call into my silly little show. I had no idea you listened. Oh my gosh! I what, what a treat! What a treat, Audra McDonald. My gosh, Audra. My goodness. I mean, you can't even walk past the theater without getting a Tony Award. And the thing that you have taken the time to call into my show. Ah, I'm getting a little emotional right now. My gosh, I am so touched. I'm touched so deeply. I'm touched even more deeply than Robert Mueller would have touched me. Although. I have to say Robert Mueller has set up an example now. I'm kind of half expecting all of my guests, especially the celebrity ones, I mean my, my you know, call-in guests, to request sex with me. And I'm a little disappointed that you didn't, but I'm also glad that you didn't because I think it might have been scary. Not because you're a woman, because I just would have been like, oh, and I probably wouldn't have gotten a Tony. You probably, you probably would have gotten a Tony for having sex with me, but I wouldn't have gotten the Tony for best supporting sex partner. I don't know what I'm talking about, Audrey McDonald. I mean, <laughs> your speaking voice is a lot lower than it is on stage. But, you know, I guess that's training. That's that vocal training. Anyway, I'm babbling, Audrey McDonald. Thank you so much for calling in. I love you. I adore you. I kiss you. I worship you. Oh, my God. It's Audrey McDonald, you guys. I can't believe it. Can you? Wow. Well, hello, Patrick. This is Jeff and Cat. Hold on. Uh, uh, this is Jeff from the Skewered Universe podcast. Ah, very good. Podcast, I know, but that's not why I'm calling. Oh. I'm calling because it's your birthday. Ooh. You got a party like yeah. it's your birthday. Whoop. Wanted to wish you a happy, happiest of birthdays. Aww. You deserve it. Only the best for you. Yeah. And may you get even more fabulous, 
fucking tiaras because that's what you deserve. Damn right. Because you are one fabulous motherfucker. Aw. And the Scream Queens podcast just keeps getting even more fabulous if that's even possible. I don't even know. I don't know. But happy birthday. Much love from me and the entire Skewer universe, even though it's pretty much just me and my girlfriend at this point. Mm, yeah, her. But, mm-hmm. Yeah. Happy, happy birthday. We love you. And here's to many more. Aww. Thank you, Jeff. That was very sweet. No, I realized that, you know, clearly you could not have heard my advice from the first call because it's on this episode. And this episode hasn't gone out yet, so there's no way you could have known. But I'm going to yell at you anyway. Why aren't you plugging your show properly? I still don't know what it's about. God damn it. See, this is why you need a fairy podfather. Right, I'm, I do that for Kristen and Dan. I'm going to have to be your fairy podfather from now on and teach you the ropes, man. You got to get in the game, boy. Because your show got to start making some money so you can send some to your illegitimate demon son, right? Uh-huh. Remember him? Remember him? He ripped me to shreds. My insides are ravaged. I don't have nipples anymore. He chewed them right off. Feeding feeding him is very terrible. Are we talking about him? No. But thank you for the birthday wishes. Thank you for calling in again. You're fabulous. I love you, Jeff. And uh, talk to you soon. Okay, bye. Uh, hello, Patrick. This is Diana Rick. Just <laughs> wanted to wish you a very, very happy birthday today. I'm over in England now. Um, <gasps> shooting a Game of Thrones. But thank you for remembering <gasps> Evil Under uh-huh. the Sun, which of course my best work. Oh, yes, of and course. for your birthday, I will always kick my legs higher and wider. Happy birthday, kiddo. Oh, wow. Ah, my goodness. Dame Diana Rigg has called into my show. Oh, my gosh. Dame Diana, I am flabbergasted. I mean, I was overwhelmed when Audrey McDonald called. I was a little baffled, but still very impressed when, when, when Robert Mueller called. But this... This is the crowning glory because I adore you. I have always adored you. And oh my God, now I adore you even more. And when you say that you will throw your legs up in the air higher and wider for me than anyone, I am going to take that as soliciting sex for me. So I am very happy. The best birthday present ever. I'm going to have sex with an 80-year-old woman. Yay. But she's a legend, a living legend. My God, what a star-studded birthday. This is turning out to be stars from from the from the silver screen and from Broadway and from the, the world of politics is turning out to support the Scream Queen show and my birthday. I'm so I'm touched. I'm touched. I'm touched very deeply and and, and I was a little thrown off because I didn't hear a trace of your British accent, but I realized this is a speaking voice, like your theater voice, not your speaking voice. But you know, that's okay. That's cool. You be yourself, Dame Diana Rigg. You just be whatever the hell you want to be. I will love whatever that is because I adore you. Oh, my God. This is the best birthday ever. Ever. I can't wait to see who's next. My gosh, who's going to follow up Dame Diana Rigg? Big shoes to fill. Big, 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 big shoes. Big, high-kicking, wide-spreading shoes. What? I don't know. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm giddy with excitement. Hello, Patrick. This is Christopher Grumman wishing hey. you a happy birthday from the Lone Star State. Aloha. Yes. 
Texas, oh. where the eyes are upon you or something like when that. whipping down the, creepy. No, that's Oklahoma. That song always bothers the hell out of me. Anyway, I just hope that everybody, in honor of your parents having sex that resulted in you, Blech. I hope that everybody celebrates your birth Blech. the entire month of May. Blech. I know I'll be celebrating my birthday later, so it's great sharing a birthday month with you. <sighs> and now I have to get back to the day job because that's how things go. But in the immortal words of the Killbots, <laughs> thank you. Have a nice day. Ah, have a nice birthday, you mean. Oh, thank you, Christopher. It's so cool that you called in. I'm so happy to hear from you. Okay, here's the thing, though. And by the way, thank you. Thank you for celebrating my birthday in the most gut-wrenching way possible. I know I love a good dry heave in the middle of the day, and you gave me several. So thank you for that, sir. Here's the thing. Christopher is a fellow podcaster, but I'm not going to tell you what his show is because he didn't bother to. Yeah. Yeah, no no first-time caller ding-ding bells for you either. Michael Howie's not getting them either. Hey, remember way back in the intro, there was that voice, there was that deep basso voice that probably made your panties fall off? Yeah, that's Michael Howie. He's also a podcaster. He didn't tell us about his show either. And and when I say panty dropping, I mean, I love that voice. That voice, I mean, like, I, my panties don't even drop. They just evaporate from my body when I hear Michael Howie's voice. But here's the thing. We all belong to a group, see, that's called Cut the Bullshit Podcasting. And it's a group on Facebook. And if you are a podcaster, I cannot recommend more joining this group. Now, over the years, I have joined a gazillion podcasting groups. And all of them have left me cold because all of them are ten- they tend to be run by one dude or one group of people who have something to sell and they're always selling it hard and they have one vision for how podcasts should be. And all the shows that are involved in this group all wind up sounding the same with the same looking artwork and it's more about uniformity than anything else and I'm sorry, Scream Queens ain't like anything else out there nor do I want to be like anything else out there nor do I want to buy your fucking seminar. Okay, I just don't. Cut the Bullshit Podcasting is not like that. It's run by this guy named Jeremy and it's more of a group think, hive mind sort of a situation. It is warm it is a safe place to explore stuff, and my show has improved greatly since I've joined that group. And it may be stuff that's not evident on the surface, but it's just testing out new equipment, testing out new software, testing out new ways to market, testing out new little widgets and shit on WordPress. And I can do it there safely, and if they don't work, I can go on and cry, and somebody will help me. And they don't want money to help me. They just want my undying love, and they have it. But here's the thing, guys. I'm telling Jeremy on both of you. Always be selling yourself. For God's sake, how can you call into another podcast and not market your own podcast? It's the easiest way to sell your podcast. My God, no ice cream for either one of you. No ice cream for either one of you. No, I can excuse Jeff. I can excuse Jeff from the skewered universe because he's a brand new baby podcast. But you guys, you guys should know better. Shame, shame, shame on you. Spanking. So much spanking. Sexy. Slow spanking for both of you. And then Michael Howe stepped on and like, oh, stop spanking me. It hurts, Patrick. And I'll be like, whoop, my panties are gone. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. Well, both of these guys are going to be, uh, both Christopher and 
Michael Howie are going to be guesting on the show later on in the year. So you better get ready for that. You better get a lot of panties. You better be wearing layers of panties when they're on because they're just going to be, you know, they're, you're, they're, you're just going to lose them every time Michael Howie speaks. So just layer up is what I'm trying to say. Thank you for calling in, Christopher. I'm telling Jeremy you're going to be in trouble. Bye. Hello, Patrick. This is Deborah Trinelli, formerly Phyllis, uh, for uh, many years on the original series Dallas. Um, I'm looking oh for uh, another personal assistant position. I'm hoping you might be able to help me. <laughs> also, um, I was on Circuit of the Stars, and I'm still looking for opportunities <laughs> to fly on the trapeze again. Um, if you, uh, in the middle of your birthday celebrating, think of some ideas, I'd truly appreciate it. Oh. Happy birthday. Oh, okay. Okay. All right. Now, I... You can fool me once. Come on now. All right. Here's the thing. Quote, unquote, Deborah Chanelli. I am a huge Deborah Chanelli fan because I used to watch Dallas with my sister Teresa back in the day. So I am extremely familiar with Deborah Chanelli. And this is clearly not Deborah Chanelli. That is Doug Shapiro. Doing a really flimsy Deborah Chanelli impression. I mean, come on. Doug, who are you trying to kid? I mean, granted, this birthday episode has been overflowing with celebrity call-ins. I mean, Robert Mueller, Audrey McDonald, Diana Rape. I mean, do you really think... That I'm going to be fooled at this point. Now, I know a lot of people are thinking, well, gosh, those other calls sounded an awful lot like Doug Shapiro. Yeah, I thought so, too. But you know what? Doug Shapiro already called in five times during the opening segment. Do you really think that he's going to call in another five times on one show? Doug's a busy dude. You know? He's an accelerated artist. He's got other shit to do. Let me call my show 10 times for one episode. That's just ridiculous. And as for them sounding like Doug Shapiro, like a lot of people don't know. Like when you meet celebrities, especially in like performers, you know, they have their theater voice or their acting voice, the one that, that's trained. They don't sound like that in real life. You know, all of a sudden their accents come out from like when they were, you know, from wherever they're from or whatever. But, you know, clearly just sound, it's coincidentally all these other people just when they're not speaking in the theater voice sound like Doug Shapiro. So like, and I get, I get Doug that Deborah Trinelli is a friend of yours that you met on the, the, the train or something and you had a meet cute and now you're the best of friends. So I know that you could do her voice really well, but that's where you screwed up because you sound so much like Deborah Trinelli when she's on TV that she can't possibly sound like that in real life, right? Clearly, that's Doug Shapiro doing a really weak Deborah Trinelli impression, but I do appreciate the effort. That's really super cute of you, Doug, but I see right through you. I see right through you. I see right through you and oh my god I can't believe you're able to pull off that color purple and underpants but wow that really works I can see through you that deeply Doug I'm sorry you're a married man it was a terrible thing to say but anyway thank you for calling quote unquote Deborah Chanelli and I remember you on Circus of the Stars if I'm not because I loved that show and if I'm not mistaken that was the same episode Lonnie Anderson walked across glass and I was not impressed but alright Deborah Chanelli Give me a 
break. Pee on my leg and tell me it's raining, Deborah Chanelli. Good Lord, Doug. And that, my friends, is going to wrap up the voicemail for this episode. Yes, so, my gosh, so many people to thank. I, I hope I don't miss anybody. I mean, I thank everybody here. But if you want to be like Allison, Brian, Kristen, Dan, Michael Howie, Trey Dean, Jeff from Skewered Universe, Thomas DJ, Christopher Grunland, and, of course, Robert Miller, Audrey McDonald, Diana Rigg, Doug Shapiro, and allegedly... Deborah Janelli. What do you need to do if you want to get in contact with the show and make it even more fabulous than it was going to be anyway? You pick up your phone and you dial 917-720-2047. Or you can always write me at crew at screamqueens.com. And that's Queens with a Z. You can like me on Facebook by doing a search on Scream Queens where horror gets gay. You can find me on Twitter at Scream Queens. And I'm on Instagram at Scream Queens Podcast. Now, before we wrap up for the day, we're not quite done yet, kids. I do have an announcement to make, and it's not the happiest one. I didn't want to do this at the front of the show because it's a party today, right? It's my birthday. It's a party. Let's keep it happy. And this is not altogether sad, but I do have to announce what I announced on Patreon last week is that Scream Queens is going on hiatus for at least a couple of months. And this is why. Uh, You guys know that I've had a horrendous year and there's been this dark cloud hovering over me and you know, this kind of hit the peak when I went into the hospital with staff. No, I'm not sick again or anything like that. But the weeks of isolation that I had to have to recover from staff and all the bad things that have happened combined with that this year, I got really depressed. I'm okay right now. Like this birthday week has really turned things around, but I know that's just a temporary high. I need some time to get my life back together is what I'm saying. And the constant pressure of putting out a show every two weeks is not where I need to be right now. The editing is making me weird. And also, like I said, I was locked up in here in this apartment for weeks and I got strange. I got scary and bad things happened. I'll just leave it there. Bad things happen. So I need to get out more and the less time I'm spending in front of this computer for a while, the better. Now here's the thing. The show's not going away fully. What I'm going to be doing, we're going to have you know, either repurposed episodes, you know, like older ones that are getting uh, brought back, you know, like reruns, or I'm going to be releasing previously exclusive feed from the Patreon account. So there will still be stuff for you guys every two weeks. Uh, Flem will probably be taking over the show. I won't be doing voicemails for a bit, but you will be getting content. However, if you are a Patreon subscriber, I'm still going to be posting there. You'll still be getting fresh material there. I've decided that that is something that I need to continue. I need to at least keep one foot in the pool here, so to speak, until the well fills up again because it has run a bit dry. And the only way to do that is to get out and, you know, experience some life for a bit. Because Anyway, I'm babbling. I'm babbling. Anyway, so if you want continued fresh entertainment, if you want bonus episodes every month, and we're going to be starting some new stuff over there as well, in this interim period that I'm excited about that we'll get into more detail later. What you need to do is go over to www.patreon.com 
and subscribe. You can pledge $5 a month, $10 a month, pretty much anything you want. And there are various rewards based on that. And for instance, you could be like Mr. Chris Schaffer and take over the episode for a day. I'm going to have to remove, re- review whatever movie you tell me to watch, but without the possible humiliation of the firing squad. You get a producer credit, and that's pretty cool. So thank you, Chris, for taking over the show for my birthday. I enjoyed the hell out of it, even though that movie was whack. But it's something I never would have watched otherwise. And that is the perks of being a patron. So, oh, one more thing. This Sunday night, uh, whatever, what's this Sunday? Mother's Day. Sunday, Mother's Day evening at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. The Scream Queens Retro Drive-In is opening once again. So we're having a free group online screening of the 1981 Slasher Oddity. Happy birthday to me. So come join me, round out my birthday week, hang out with your fellow Screamers, watch the movie, chat, laugh, drink a lot. It will be a great time. What you need to do is you need to keep an eye on either the Facebook feed or my Instagram or Twitter because I'll be posting the link there. All you have to do when it comes to showtime and you click the link and you join the party and they're always fun and I'm trying it at a new time to get more people in because apparently doing it in the afternoons on the weekends wasn't working for a lot of people so we're doing it on a Sunday night and hey it's Mother's Day too so bring your mom she'll love it bring your mom but you also have to bring your own nasty panties because those will not be provided okay Melissa Sue Anderson's bringing hers you gotta bring yours got it good I'm a little choked up right now Uh, just I I know things are gonna get better and I know this is the way to do it, but I hate leaving you guys, even though I'm not leaving, all right? I'm not going anywhere, and I'll be back. I plan on being back in July because that's the anniversary. It's going to be the uh, what, eighth, ninth anniversary of this show, so I want to be there for that. And I just might pop out an episode for the second half of June because it is Gay Pride Month and I don't know if you guys noticed this podcast really gay and so am I and I feel like it would be an insult to the community for me not to put out an episode during Gay Pride Month just the one just the one but I promise I'll be back soon and I'll be better and the show will be better there are some things that are coming things in the works Going to be some changes around here, all for the better, and it's going to be exciting. So not only will I be back, it'll be kind of a relaunch of the show. And I'm hesitant to sign off right now because I I am a little weepy. Can't help it. Don't want to say goodbye, but it is time to wrap up the show. So until next time, which will not be long, my beautiful, beautiful, beloved screamers, continue to make the world a creepier place and never ever ever forget the scream queen's golden rule fight or flight survive the night make it to the final real baby i miss you guys already see you soon bye Some calories to roll.
Some of the music for tonight's program has been provided by Mavio's Music Service. Check them out at music.mavio.com. Bitches! <laughs>